got the Man Bogus coming up at 9, Daryl Ryder at 9.20. Asking you guys on Twitter. I want to get to more on different things with the Browns in a second, but which outcome against Cincy would you prefer for the Browns in week one? Bad Deshaun Watson start, but you get the win. Great Deshaun Watson start, but you get the loss. 80% of people on my Twitter have said they want a bad Deshaun Watson start, but they want the win. I don't know. Maybe I'm just worried as I get older and older. I'm 34 years old. I'm not terribly old. I'm 34, but I, uh, you know, you got to think about things a little bit differently, right? Uh, maybe I'm just worried that throughout the week, I'm just going to be really, really stressed. I told you guys, I am riding the bus that says on the side of it, Deshaun Watson will be great this year. I firmly do believe Deshaun Watson is going to be a really good quarterback. I would just love to see it sooner rather than later. I'd love to see it in week one as opposed to week seven, week eight. We're going to get there. It's just at what point we get there. I'd much rather see it week one. You get the loss against Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is one of these teams that proved last year. You can start a little bit rougher and the season isn't tanked. They started two and three last year. Not as bad as the Steelers, who started two and six and then finished as a nine-win team. But you don't have to win every game out of the gate. And I'm getting a lot of responses back, and people are saying, just win, just win, just win. All I care about is the win. I'm saying, you know, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered, right? Let's not get greedy on this one here. I'm going to take the step backward to take six steps forward if that's what it means for Deshaun Watson. I'll take Deshaun Watson being great instantly and us saying, all right, Joe Burrow beat us because Joe Burrow beats everybody. Not the end of the world. Let's keep this thing moving. You know, if he's able to, to knock off Lou Anarumo and, and that defense that Cincinnati has, that has single-handedly been the only team in the NFL to at least attempt to shut down Kansas City in the previous, well, really the entire Patrick Mahomes dynasty that he's built over there. If he can figure out that jigsaw puzzle, whew, he can beat anybody. I know that's high praise for Lou Anarumo, but honestly, if he opened, if the man opened up a consulting firm and he just charged people money for his tips on how to beat Patrick Mahomes and only Patrick Mahomes, well, he's already making that with the defensive coordinator job, but the dude would be making millions. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Carol up next on the fan. Hello, Carol. Oh, it's Carl. Oh, but you're not a Carol. You are not a Carol. Hello, no, Carol. No, this is the rabid dog, and let me tell you how it mm-hmm. goes. All right, as far as that bus goes, I have, a, I have a ticket on that bus, and I bought it the year that they signed Deshaun Watson, and I'm going to give you 230 million reasons why he needs to dominate in game one. All right. And that is because we played them twice. We can lose the first one. That doesn't matter. If he balls out, then there's a, there, then it validates the reason we spent the money on him. And th- that means there's another issue in play as to why we would lose the game. And that's probably Joe Burrow. And that's fine. He can, he can have that first game because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And when we get to that last game, I expect him to stay balling out and we, we whip him and, and move our, ourselves into the, into the playoffs. But, yeah, give, give me Deshaun balling out, throwing for 450 yards, six touchdowns, and we lose the game. I don't care because I'll take Deshaun balling out all day long. Carl, I agree with you, and thank you very much. I appreciate you. And it's funny. I must have said something. I don't know what I said in the previous 20 minutes or so that has had the tide now turning. My Twitter uh, poll is very one-sided in the bad DW start but take the win. I'm on the great DW start but take the loss, but KJ makes a great point. He says a good D- a good Deshaun Watson start with a loss against a Super Bowl caliber team is so much better. He says gives us hope for the season and validation in his contract. A win with bad play by him is definitely reason to panic. You can't win long-term in this league with no quarterback. 
exactly right. You can't win long-term in this league with no quarterback. I, I went through the list of good AFC teams, and I'm talking AFC, not NFC. I believe in the NFC you can be a 49ers squad that has Brock Purdy, and I don't know if Brock Purdy is good or not. He actually would have led the league in passer rating in the eight starts that he won last year. He went 8-0. I have no idea if he's great or not, though, but that defense was awesome. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I truly don't. But what I do know is in the AFC, you need a great quarterback. Need that great quarterback. You can't win long-term with no quarterback. KJ's 100% right. Now, I hadn't thought about it validating that contract early on because that's a point that Carl brought up, and that's a point that KJ brought up as well. I had not thought about that, the idea that if you go in there against Cincinnati, you can lose 35-34, tight, close game. It is what it is. But if Deshaun Watson looks awesome, then heading into Pittsburgh and Monday night football, the conversation isn't nationally when they're getting the Monday night football. I don't even know if I'm going to watch the game on ESPN because, uh, you know, Spectrum, I'm one of those guys. I, I got to figure that whole thing out. I might have to go to the stadium and be in person for that one. I know. Poor me. Poor me. It's like uh, uh, TV's out. I just have to go watch the game in person instead. Them's the breaks. But when it comes to the situation about the conversation, I'm looking at it like, who's on that Monday night crew? Obviously, you got Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. Who's who's the lead up in Monday night countdown? I think think they made Scott Van Pelt that guy now. Van Pelt going to be trashing Deshaun Watson? No chance he trashes Deshaun Watson if Deshaun Watson week one against Cincinnati goes toe-to-toe, looks awesome, 350 yards, three touchdowns, but the Browns fall short because Evan McPherson hits a 47-yard field goal as time expires. There's no chance. But Browns escape with a win because Burrow's still hurt and injured, not 100%, and they just don't look fresh the way they started off slow last year as well. But we end up with the W, but Deshaun goes for 150 yards, Pair of interceptions, looks sloppy, is sacked a million times. You want to know what that conversation's going to be? Well, the Browns opened up the season, got the win, but it wasn't thanks to Deshaun Watson. And then they go into the highlight, and they, they could do the whole uh, circus clown music around it as well. Now, I don't want that. I don't want that for you guys. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for any one of us. But I know the athletes in the room, because the athletes in the room have been trained to just win, baby. Al Davis, just win. I can tell by the calls, by the tweets, by everything. I know which one of you guys played sports and which ones of you guys didn't. Because it's very hard for the athletes to do anything but program themselves to try to win. But I'm telling you guys to take a little bit of a different approach here. Okay? And I was an athlete. But I I, I have been doing this long enough where I've reprogrammed what I believe in a lot of ways. Okay? I, I've, I've reprogrammed myself to understand that sometimes in life you got to take a couple steps backwards to take a lot of steps forward, and that's what this would be. It would be a minor, minor setback for a major, major comeback. Don't get lost. Don't see the forest for the trees here. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Eddie up next on the fan. Hello, Eddie. Hey, how you doing? Yo, Eddie. What's up, man? Hey, I'm a hundred percent. I have to disagree with. Um, this is a divisional game. It's the first game of the year. You only play six of those. So there's no, I mean, I know it's nice to say, hey, he played well. We can build off of this. You can't build off of L's. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm serious. You, you just can't. We only have six divisional games. It's the first game of the year. If the, First of all, Deshaun Watson is not going to play as bad as you, as you, you know, depicted, but I know we're just doing it for, for fun. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, I'd rather have Deshaun Jackson. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson, take a step back and us get a win, than um, have him ball out and we take a L. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not in for L. Now, how would I'm you not feel? In for moral, Eddie? moral victories. I mean, there's no such thing. Let me ask you, you, you this: you missed, the, you missed the playoffs by a game. Are you going? You going to say, hey, but you know that first game. You know, we really we played really well. We you know we built off of that in our you know nine and eight campaign. I'm sorry, I'm that's trash. Let me ask you this: How would you feel going into week two if we got the win, but Deshaun didn't look good? I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care about. And then the other thing is, I wouldn't care about what announcers thought about him. I mean, he's the NFL no, football I'm player. Not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying. I'm not saying you care should. What he can't be care worried about somebody's feelings. They've been talking about him for three years. I mean, so the reality of it is, is it's time, it's time to put it together. I mean, we can't be worried about what other people. Wouldn't you, you, wouldn't you I mean, be happier though if you saw it all put together in week one? You said yeah, you want to put together, put together, don't? It, but we, but we lost, so it wasn't put together. It right, was but, but if we win, there's, <laughs> there's the idea out there that it would never be put together. Doesn't that, that that would scare me more than the idea that we saw it put together, but we took the loss in week one? Well, no, well, if we took a loss week one, the way this team is loaded, I mean, if we took a, if we won week, I don't care if it was sloppy or not. This is the division. Not, you can't have it both ways. The one minute you're talking about how tough the AFC is. So you got to get – if you can stack Ws, let's stack Ws. You see what I mean? Because you just got done telling us how tough I, the I, AFC is. There's no breathing AFC's room. AFC is very tough. So, so why would I be content with Ls? I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be content with Ls oh, and, and having my team – there's no such thing as saying – You do in the well NFL, though. You do. Even the very best teams get a chance to lose three, four games a year. You, you can really – you, you, you can go 12 and 5 I, and still find your way in a very good I, spot I, in the postseason. I understand that. But your, your question was asking me, would I rather have an L over a W? For sure, for sure. I'm going to do a W 100% of the time. No, now, I'm not even going to go backwards and one, one, one iota. I'm, I'm going to take a W 100% of the time. Hey, and I'm happy you're choosing a lane here, Eddie. That's all I'm asking yeah. you to do. I appreciate yeah, that. That's, I'm doing that 100% of the time. I like that. Not everybody will. You know that, Eddie? Not everybody well, will. I don't know. But most people, yeah, if you ever play sports, you might, you might have moral victories. Maybe, maybe you want the Cavs to keep on getting the lottery. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but at the end of the day, somewhere down the line, you got like, to shoot your shot. You know what I mean? And that's, it's time to shoot your shot. All right. Thank you, Eddie. I appreciate you, man. All right. No problem. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. That's all I ever ask. Choose. Hey, you, you can 100%. I think, I think I've established that on this show. 100% you can have a disagreement with me in any sort of way. You can tell me you just think I'm flat out wrong. That's okay. That's the fun stuff for me. I love this stuff. Now, I get to defend it every now and then, okay? But I'll let you go longer than longer than most in that capacity because if you're out, and all I ever try to do with this show is it's like we're, we're just friends at the bar shooting the you-know-what. We're just having a good time, right? And, and with me, and, and we're friends here, so I treat it like we're friends. You know, if we were all hanging out at the bar together, we'd have the same type of story. I wouldn't sit there and then drink my drink and then try to yell at you and tell you that you're wrong and you're an idiot. No, we're friends. I'm not doing that. No, I'll just say, okay, fine. I disagree a little bit. I did, I made my case clear, though. Over the past hour and change, I've made my, cl- my case clear where I stand. I just, I appreciate when you, when you, you draw a line in the sand and you don't, you don't go wishy-wash me on, there, on me there. That's what I like about Eddie's call. Eddie defiantly was like, hey, no. We got to get the win. We can't be looking in the rearview mirror. We get the win, and then you move on to Pittsburgh, and then you go get a win there, and then you keep the whole train moving down the tracks. My worry on this would be you get the win against Cincinnati, but Deshaun doesn't look good, and then it takes us longer than it should to have him be where I want him to be. If you can give me instant Deshaun Watson greatness out of the gate, but the deal with the devil is that Evan McPherson is going to hit a 47-yarder right in our eye to go ahead and send us home sad? Okay, fine. Because by Tuesday or Wednesday, you know what I'm going to be feeling? 
And forget the national guys for a second or anything like that. I'm sorry I brought them into the equation. But you know what I'm going to be feeling on, on Tuesday and Wednesday when I'm talking with you guys? An air of invincibility. I'm going to be walking around here as if Deshaun Watson can beat anybody. Anybody. Because if you just barely lose, and we'll find out reasons why, but if you just barely lose to a team like Cincinnati, but Deshaun Watson looks like a top-five quarterback, looks awesome in the process, you can take on anybody, you can beat anybody. That's, that's what I'm thinking, in my mind. I think it's one of those things where, and this might surprise a lot of you guys, I'll pick my spots when I need to hammer the Browns. If they end up losing that game, but it goes down that way, no chance will you hear me ripping the Browns on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or anything until we turn the page and getting ready for that Monday night game against Pittsburgh. No chance. 216-474-0092. Big E up next on the fan. Hello, Big E. I just want to ask you a question, one simple question. All right, Big E, what do you got? So what should we start, give, so what should we start giving up? Participation trophies? <laughs> it's not a participation trophy. It's not a participation I trophy. I mean, the, the last guy had a point. It all matters in the win column. I don't, I don't care if Deshaun throws for 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. If he lost, no, it's a B- loss. Big E, I'm not it saying goes, you can goes. do this in week seven or week eight. I'm just talking about week one. And you don't have to go 17-0 and to find your way into the postseason. You can afford a loss. But those are divisional games. Uh, 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 they count AFC, the same as every other game, though. No, no. It's, it's more yes, they important do. to beat your division. It's more important to beat your division. They, they, count, they count exactly even the same as a, the other game. They, they, the Titans game counts exactly the same as the, as the Bengals game. Listen, even from a moral standpoint, to beat your division rivals. No, you care, Biggie. You care and I care because we care about the AFC North that way. Do you think MJ Emerson cares about an AFC North battle the same way? He doesn't care the same way that we do about that. That's something fans care about, not us or not them. If if he doesn't care, if he doesn't care, he don't need to be in the AFC North. No, he he didn't grow up. We didn't grow up with the AFC North battles, though, Biggie. He didn't grow up with that. He grew up with, uh, you you know, following whatever team he grew up rooting for. He didn't grow up rooting for the Browns. He didn't care about the AFC North that way. He cares about a win against the Bengals being the same as a win against the Titans. He doesn't care about that stuff. But but you but you know I'm asking you, you know there's a difference between a, a win and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the win and the Dallas Cowboys, right? I'm, I'm not saying the Steelers. You know I'm talking Week One against Cincinnati here. But yes, I do know for well, the fans. I do know it matters for the fans. It matters. But I thought we already established what we what I, we I care what, about doesn't matter the most in this equation. I I I'll put it this way. Let's just give everybody a participation trophy, right, and we'll call it a day. That. You're going back to that. All right, Biggie. If that's what it's got to be. All right, thank you. Thank you, Biggie. Thank you, Biggie. We're all. I think I already ran out of participation trophies for all the ones. Uh, you know, my parents' generation gave out to people like me. I guess we ran out of them. We don't have any more left. Tough. No, I listen. I'm not saying you can. You can lose 12 games and Deshaun Watson throws for 4,800 yards and it was a, a good effort. No, 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 no. I'm giving them one week. You get one week to try to do this, okay? NFL is going to give you, if I said they were going to, I said earlier, I've said for four months, four months now, I've said they're going to be an 11-win team. That means I can give them six losses at some point throughout the year. Six. Six. I'll sacrifice one loss to the football gods to make sure Deshaun Watson's and Fuego out of the gate. That's what I'm telling you. 
I'm not having quality losses in week 8, 9, 10, 11. I'm not having quality losses late in the season. I'm giving you a one. One out of the gate. My opinion, though. That's all I got. 216-474 to below 92. Fun conversation on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. We come on back. What standard should the Browns be held to? 216-474-0092. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan. All righty, back out of here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. We're going to touch on the Guardians game when that one wraps up. We got Daryl Ryder at 920. We got the fan focus at 9. We're going to get to what standard should the Browns be held to within expectations in a moment. John's going to be the last one on the call on the topic we've had about discussing what you would want for week one. And it is kind of funny with the uh, some of the feedback. People are getting mad that I said the division games don't matter anymore. Like Hunter says, got to disagree. Division games don't matter. Most players say the first go goal is to win the division and to go from there. Got to take the wins in division no matter how ugly. Yeah, I'm not saying like they just completely ignore the division. I just, I'm saying us as fans put way more of a premium on the divisional games than what the athletes do themselves. Inside the locker room, they care about winning and beating the Steelers, but they don't have 25 years of hate against the Steelers built up. They don't have 30 years of hate against the Steelers built up. They just, they don't care about it the same way we do. It's almost that Jimmy Fallon moment when Jimmy Fallon in uh, in Fever Pitch, the, the, the movie I love. It's like him and Drew Barrymore. Jimmy's like just this massive baseball fan. I reference it all the time, right? And he goes to the bar. And it's after this big Red Sox loss, and he sees Johnny Damon and all these other players in the corner, and he has that realization, like, wait, I'm miserable and in the dumps. Why aren't they? Oh, you mean because they don't care about it as much as we do? Okay, fine. Like, we are fans. That's their job. They care about it. They want to do a good job. I'm not saying they don't. But ultimately, the divisional games, a win is a win is a win, then let's, let's put that towards that as well. Beating Cincinnati matters because you beat Cincinnati, a team that's been to the AFC title game in the previous two years. It doesn't necessarily matter because it's a team that's also in the state of Ohio, barely, and it's also a team that's in your AFC North division. Just doesn't to these guys. Not the same way it does to us. Just been around enough of them. I know how they think when it comes to that stuff. Some do care, but it would be like a David Njoku who's been here for seven years. And it's like, oh yeah, I know what this means. I care about this the same way you guys do. Whereas MJ Emerson's been here for a year. He doesn't have that built up. You guys have that built up. He doesn't have that built up. 216474 to below 92. John up next on the fan. Hello, John. Hey, what's up, John? Good show tonight, man. Thank you, John. I appreciate you. What's on your mind? Hey, I just want to say, I think you were getting fired up because you're, it's the Bengals game. And ever since we've kind of turned the corner in 2018 where we're actually competitive now, we've really handedly, we, I think the Bengals have only gotten us one time in the past four to five years. Well, five and one in our oh, previous I six. Okay. But it would be a bad omen. Yeah, even though I get your point about wanting to get Deshaun Watson fired up. But and the other point I want to make is, mm-hmm. divisionally, the only thing is they are worth a little more, 25% more at the end of the season. It, it counts better if you beat your divisional. If you end up with a tie but you got more divisional wins, you go to the playoffs, your other guys don't. So that's why that guy was arguing about divisional games matter. The sooner tiebreaker is what you mean, yeah. Correct. And again, it's we're hoping to be in a situation, and thank you, John, I do appreciate you. We're hoping to be in a situation where that doesn't even come into play. It's what you hope for, right? You want to tell me they matter just from the percentage points within that? Okay. All right. That's all right. But ultimately, I'm not I'm I can excuse the one win if we're talking about the greater picture, the greater good. I can excuse the one win even being against a divisional opponent. 
I can excuse that one win if I got five to play with. I've said 11-6 and six for four months. 11-6 and six for this Browns team. I've been calling it out for four months since the schedule was released, and I saw what they did to this defensive line. I said, this team's going to win 11 games. I got room to lose games is what I'm saying. As hard as the AFC is and as hard as the AFC is going to be, there's room to lose games. That's the larger point. 216474 to below 92. What standard should the Browns be held to, though? Seth Walter was on Afternoon Drive. This is what Seth had to say with Nick and Dustin. There is no team in the NFL that has more variants going into 2023 than Cleveland. And it has everything to do with Deshaun Watson, right? Like, if he is the player that he was in Houston, even at the end of his time in Houston, his last season when they went 4-12, and but he was still played pretty well. And I think that that then Cleveland is a playoff team. He's surrounded by a lot of talent. You have good offensive line. The receivers are good enough. You can imagine a world where the defense is really good too. So there's, I think there's variance on that side of the ball as well. And so I think at their peak, Cleveland is a Super Bowl contender. I also think that if Deshaun Watson is anything like what he was last season, then you can write them off. And so it's just such a wide spectrum. You just don't have a quarterback that you can typically say he could be the reason why you win, but he could also be the reason why you lose right and so that is just an extraordinary circumstance so I think if you're like imagining what we might think of as like a typical like bell curve of results for teams for Cleveland I think that it's really skewed to being heavier on the two tails of that curve and so that's what I think about Cleveland it's an unusual situation for sure see how much emphasis Seth is putting on Deshaun Watson's play an absolute ton it's why we talk about it 24 7 Constantly talking about Deshaun Watson. But when it comes to the expectations and what standard should we put the Browns in and hold them to for a team that spent a month talking about the kicker, which what a privileged life we live for that conversation, I'm not hoping to win against the Bengals. I'm expecting to win against them. That's what I told you guys on Friday night. I expect to win against them. But when you want the media to fall all over you, throw kisses in your direction, why shouldn't I expect them to beat Cincinnati? Maybe I'm crazy, but I think they're capable of winning the division. I think they're capable of making it to the AFC title game. Then why wouldn't I expect them to beat Cincinnati next week? The standard for the Browns I find to be incredibly fascinating. And I want to hear from you. 216474 to below 92. Nelson up next on the fan. Hello, Nelson. What's up, JP? Yo, what's up, Nelson? Dude, I'm riding high. Uh, needed an eagle. On uh, number nine today to make the, uh, the the top five in my league. You did. Uh, you did. Two clutch, two clutch shots on a par five. Make the putt. I'm in it. Oh. So if I can do it, the Browns can do it. Nelson, that's incredible. And, dude, I'm sitting and, and and JP, I wouldn't lie to you. I, you know, I know you would. I'm a terrible golf. I'm a, I'm an awful golfer. Oh, we all and are. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I hit the the two best shots I've ever hit. And uh, and to make the putt, it was just so satisfying. And and I'm telling you, like Ooh. the expectations for the Browns have to be at the at the very least have to be the playoffs. Ne- you know, hold on, I, Nelson, I can't get off your needing an eagle, and you got it. Where were you playing? Uh just just a local a local course. If I if I can if I can say the name, it's yeah, okay. It's a course. local yeah. local course in Avon, uh, Bobble Link. I mean, 
it's uh, it's a decent course. I wouldn't say it's the toughest course, but still, dude, for for a ten handicapper like me to get an eagle, no, uh, anytime, eagle eagle is great all the way across the board. I've not played there. I have heard of it, but I've not played there. Okay, very good. Yeah, you should check it out. I mean, it's I, I wouldn't say it's the greatest quality golf, but uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's 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 a decent place to go. Decent right. place to Very go. So if you're a West Sider, I, I I would recommend it. But but I'm telling you, like the, the Browns need to make the playoffs this year, and and to legitimize the 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 Deshaun Watson, you know, signing and and all that we went through and put up with, and and the signings that they made in the off season with the defensive line and Schwartz and and everything that we've heard and that we that we've been hearing from this team now for the last, I don't know how many years, it, it's time. I mean, it's time. And, and I agree with you. I, I think the expectations should be high, have to be high, and I'm looking forward for the Browns to have a great season. Man. But no thanks doubt. for your time as always. Thank you, Nelson. Congrats on the Eagle. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. We have, we've spent months with this Browns team, months around what this team can and cannot do. They've gone deeper in free agency than I thought they would, even though I implored them to go about as far as they possibly could, but they did. They dug deep. There's nothing to see play out in my mind. This team is going to be good. And if you think it isn't going to be good, it's not the defense's fault, I'll tell you that. It likely has everything to do with you being a member of the Watson Can't Drive the Bus cult that has taken over America that we got to discuss at some point. Read The Ringer earlier today. They had Deshaun as the 21st best quarterback in the entire sport. They put a retired Tom Brady at 11th. No joke, they did that. I mean, if that's your answer, fine. At least you have an answer. I disagree with it, but at least you have an answer. But when it comes to this Browns team, I think they should be held to a high standard for this upcoming season. And I know we historically haven't held them to the highest of standards for this year. I think it's all right, too. Relative to the amount of talent that they've done and put on this field. I mean, Andrew Barry has done a magnificent job this offseason. Hayes in the barn, as far as I'm concerned with him. Unless they do an Eagles-type situation from last year, where the Eagles' run game struggled, so they added Ndamukong Sue. They added two members in the defensive line after they realized their run game couldn't stop a cold. Unlike what we did, where we just kind of sat there and, you know, hoped for the best, which was not a good plan. Unless something like that happens. Hayes in the barn for Andrew Barry. He's had a magnificent offseason. 216474 to below 92. Wayne up next on the fan. Well, Wayne. Mr. J, what's up, my man from Satown? Wayne, what's from the up? South man? Side. What's going on? That's Doc? right. That's right. What's up, man? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, listen to this, man. Take um the Browns without without a shot of a doubt, man, gotta come in. They gotta hit hard on the strength that you know what the NFL did to them, man, putting all those top teams. In the beginning of the schedule, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So oh, they yeah. gotta come and knock they they gotta knock every last one they behind off, man. You know to come in and and, and make a notion. You know, you, you, you know you, the way they did the Browns. You know Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. You got um Baltimore. You got San Francisco. All these teams, man, that's top ten teams. Yeah, I so, mean, someone at the Browns or someone at the NFL front office just hates the Browns, Wayne. I'm convinced of it because that's a it's a murderer's row out of the gate. Yeah. So they got to they gotta come in, man, and, and set the stage. Let them know what's going on. Every, from the offense and the defense, they got to play hard. No doubt. No they got to play hard, like like the 60s. And that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate you, man. All yeah, right. take care. Good stuff. Love the intro, by the way. That was that was not Tuesday energy intro, and I absolutely love Tuesday after a Labor Day weekend to bring that type of energy to the table. Wayne, 
Gotta love What do you call you, Mr. J? Yeah, Mr. J was kind of cool, too. Mr. J, it, it made me feel like either I was like, you know, close to somebody like a Hugh Hefner that used to run Playboy. Something like that, except minus obviously the, the real problematic nature that Hugh Hefner existed in. Or maybe something like a, if I was like, you know, the guy at the, uh, at the club that kind of like hands out the napkins after you wash your hands, one of the bathroom attendants. I feel like you'd also call that guy maybe Mr. J. Like there's a, it's a wide variance there. It's either, it's baller on one end of the on the spectrum, and then on the other end of the spectrum, it's like, yeah, you got respect for that guy though. The guy that hands you the napkins after, you, after you're done washing your hands at the bathroom, has the mints there and everything for you, the guy's just clutch. There's nothing else you can say about that guy, but the guy's just clutch. Stay with me here. 216-474-0092. Would you call that guy Mr. J? What standard should the Browns be held to? Fan focus at 9, Daryl Ryder at 920. We'll get to the Guardians when that one wraps up as well. Tight game right now with the Twins. Let's do that and more. It's overtime with Jonathan Beatle here with you on the fan. I want to bring the good vibes here on a Tuesday, Labor Day weekend. You guys worked hard uh, all week to get to Labor Day weekend, and now you get relaxed, and you spend three days off, and I don't know, maybe you had some cocktails, maybe you went golfing. A lot of golf stories tonight, which I always find fantastic. I went golfing myself on Sunday. Country club life, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I'm not cut out for the country club life. Any club that would have me as a member, probably not a club I want to join, but it was a fantastic time. The little details that they do is just incredible. Second time I've ever uh, done country club golf. First time was with Dustin. Dustin was fantastic with it because they... All right, let me admit something to you guys, okay? This might sound chotch, but to steal a term from Nick Wilson, but let me lay it out for you. So I collect logo, logo golf balls, right? That's what I collect. I like logo golf balls. So when I go to a course, if I've never been to the course, I get a, I get a logo golf ball, right? And I have, a, I have a case, and I have the case, and I put the, the golf ball in my case, and I really like it. It's a stupid thing that I really like. But really, what is life but just a, a random just mix of stupid things that you really like, right? So I, I, I went to the, the country club with Dustin. When you go to a country club, they don't let you buy anything at the gift shop. You have to use the member's name in order to buy anything. And Dustin, being the sweetheart that he is, he was very nice. He knew that I liked logo balls. And so when I showed up, he bought a sleeve of Pro V1s with Fairlawn Country Club on it so that he could give me the the ball with the logo on it. It was like a very, very nice gesture. And I appreciated it greatly. I was like, that's so awesome that you did that. It was great. And it, it took away the idea that I had to, you know, find a way to maneuver around that. Anyway, so I go to the country club on Sunday and it's it's one of my, my in-laws, my father-in-law's friends that I get the invite from. It's not like one of my friends or anything like that. So I can just be like, hey, guy, I need a logo ball. And... I have no idea how to get this logo ball from Chagrin Valley. I have no idea. And I'm on the, the driving range there, right? And the driving range for Chagrin Valley. I made up my mind. I'm just not going to get a cool Chagrin Valley golf ball. The driving range has stamped logo, Chagrin Valley logos on every single golf ball. I'd never seen that before. I'd never, every single one of them. All Callaways, all with the logo. And I had to debate then and there in my head, do I take a practice ball that nobody is going to miss, nobody's going to know, but would be extremely embarrassing if I took it and then someone said, why did you take the practice ball? And I made a, I made a decision. Michael Bohm, do you think I made the decision that left me with the logo ball or without the logo ball? 
You got the logo. Of ball. course, I got the logo ball. You got of course, the logo I did. Ball. Come on. Yeah, and I felt like I was dealing like a, a bunch of diamonds in a bank heist. I was so like, I, I, I learned I could never steal anything legitimately because I was like shaking the entire time. I was like, uh, I, and I was trying to be, I was trying to be cool about it, where I was like going to take the ball and then like pretend to like you know put one on a tee, but then put one in my pocket. And I went to go like do the transaction. I kind of like fumbled it, and then I just like reached down and grabbed it and put it in. It was the least smooth thing I've ever done in my life. So ridiculously not smooth, but I got the vocal ball and nobody said anything and nobody commented. And then throughout the course, I ended up finding like seven other ones that I could have just easily have taken. So it was like the whole bank heist was for not, it was like trying to steal a bunch of diamonds, but then you turn around and it's like, oh yeah, these are fake diamonds and they're handing them out for free down the street. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But you had the thrill. I did. I did. And it also taught me a valuable lesson. If radio does work, uh, doesn't work out. I cannot become one of those people that uh, is, you know, in the movie stealing from the Vegas casinos. That, that is not something I can do. Can't pull it off, Ocean's Eleven. Not a top-tier thief, I see. No, I really am not. Step your game up, JP. No, it's not me, man. It's not me. I know. Get right. some pointers from the, the Wolfman, a KC superfan. You'd think. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's the guy we need to he was at ourselves the, after. He was at the Chiefs-Browns game. Which a, I didn't understand, but Jim a, Donovan was talking about. What a crazy person. Absolute crazy person. No, yeah. You'd think, uh, you know, growing up on the south side of Chicago, I would have picked up a thing or two. I did not. I did not. 216-474-0092. Levon up next on the fan. Hello, Levon. How are you tonight? Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? How's it going? Yeah, I've been a long time, bro. So I'm saying, if this team that we have expectations um, higher than what we had, Baker, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and all those guys. And I, I wish that we could get Jarvis Landry or Kareem Hunt back on the team. So how do you feel about the expectations on, on comparison? I'll get to it. I'll get, and thank you, Levon. I appreciate the call as always. Yeah. So what's odd is so earlier in the show, I had mentioned how I thought this was the best roster we've seen in 25 years, and I was expecting them to achieve everything that you've seen in the previous 25 years and then some. I was trying to make the case how if you're 34, I'm 34. Again, I'm from Chicago, though, so I didn't grow up with 30 years of heartbreak. I've been here for seven years. I went through one in 31, though. I got battle scars that says I at least deserve a good Browns team. Maybe not the same way you do, but you get the point. And I thought about it. I was like, wait, how can I say that I think they're an 11-win team and they're better than the team that we had a few years ago that won 11 games, went 11-5, and and won a postseason game? I think the difference there is that we got the best stretch of Kareem Hunt we'd ever had. Baker Mayfield was a top three quarterback in that stretch as well. But the point I made and the point I think is important for you guys, that Browns team still didn't have a top 10 scoring offense or scoring defense. In fact, we haven't had a top 10 scoring offense or defense team. Top 10. I'm not saying top five, top 10. Just from scoring defense or scoring offense since 2014 when we had a top 10 scoring defense. Okay? There was room for that team to get much better. And as, as much as I hate to say it because it was one of my favorite Browns teams, that team, although they were good, they were far from great. This Browns team has an opportunity to be great. This Browns team has a chance to be a legitimate 11 and 5, legitimate 11 and 5 and then actually make a deep run in the postseason in my estimation. So that's where I'm going with this. But it's okay to hold this team to a higher standard than you hold your Uber Eats driver to. It's all right to make sure that they have expectations. 
Uber Eats driver misses one item. You want to burn the city down, right? With reviews, you get bad ratings. Browns go 20 years with one playoff win, and we just let it slide like we're doing the cha-cha shuffle or something. It's okay to have expectations for the Browns. It's okay to move the goalpost on what you expect when they make moves that warrants it. I'm all right with that. I really am. You know, we have a couple advantages right now in the NFL that most other teams just don't have. Haslam opening up the checkbook like Daddy Warbucks while also saying, you're smart, make smart decisions, Andrew Barry. And has stayed relatively out of the way. And for him, all things considered, has stayed way out of the way. It's given the Browns the upper hand here. Have you guys looked and seen how much money we've spent? Have you guys looked and seen the differences that the Browns have spent from a financial perspective relative to what they'd spent in years prior? It's night and day. Absolutely night and day. So I'm telling you guys, I'll give you the pass on this one. Raise your expectations. But the standard should be the Browns being held to a much higher standard than what they had previously. Albert Breer on Afternoon Drive, as he always does. Now, it's a weird day for him. He was on Tuesday. He's going to be in his new time on Thursdays at 5 o'clock, okay? So reprogram yourself. It's not Wednesday at 520. It's Thursday at 5. But he did a bonus for this week because it's such a big week. Albert on with Dustin and Nick. Here we go. It's not just how Deshaun plays. It's how you retrofit the offense for Deshaun and how the Browns coaches learned from last year. And we talked about this, I mean, going back to January, I believe, right? Like where I think, you know, they learned that some of the things that they've done over Stefanski's first three years there in Cleveland maybe aren't exactly what Deshaun Watson did well when he was at his best in Houston. And so, I, you know, I really think a lot of it's going to come down to how does that look? How does Nick Chubb look in the context of that? How do the receivers? look in the context of that you know and then on the other side of the ball how big a difference maker is Jim Schwartz over what Joe Woods gave you the first three years so you know I I think that there's like more variables with the Browns than maybe some of the teams that are in that again clump of teams behind the top three in the AFC but the Browns certainly have the horses to compete with the rest of the group there and that's it when I say Andrew Barry's got the hay in the barn like his work is done It's not 100% done. He still has to do some things at the deadline, maybe. Like I brought up the Eagles, and they got Nadamik and Sue last year after week four. There's some things he might still be able to do. You know, if the offense doesn't look as good, maybe he makes a massive trade. Maybe he gets an Evans, a Godwin from Tampa Bay, something like that. There's a lot that's still on the table. But as far as I'm concerned, Albert's right at the very end. They got the horses. The team he has constructed, this team, not hyperbole when people say it's the best Browns team we've seen in 20 years. This is a, as good of a team as you're going to find from 1 to 53 for the Brownies. The, the hype is real. It's okay to buy into it, but then you have to keep that energy. Have the same expectations. If you're going to go ahead and set the standard as it being pretty high, and I'm going to tell you 11 wins, then I also, you have to hold me to this, I also have to be the one in week 10, if they're not living up to the expectations, to be able to say what, what the hell happened. Why are we not doing what we're supposed to be doing? Why are we not achieving what we're supposed to be achieving? Leave that there. We come on back. We got the fan focus. Daryl Ryder, our Browns insider at 920. We'll react to the Guardians and the Twinkies when that one wraps up as well. It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on the fan.